That's loud. Let's all stand and we'll get started with a word of prayer, please. Brother Beavers, would you open us? Amen. Let's all take your hymn. Let's turn to hymn number 243. 243. Victory in Jesus.
Lord, I love to see our young people using their talents for the Lord, and uh, it's a real blessing, girls. Thank you so much. If you would take your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter thirty-seven. Jeremiah thirty-seven. We're making our way through. Um, Want to stop just briefly and remind you about um, reading our journey. If you're on the journey with us through the New Testament. I uh, encourage you just to stay on the journey. If you get a day or two behind, just you know, get back on the horse and ride again. Uh, but um, hopefully uh, we're staying up with that. Uh, we're, uh, I think we're going to start Galatians tomorrow. And so uh, hopefully you're able to stay up with that. 
and it's been a blessing to you. I was visiting with someone before church, and they were telling me that they uh, bought the book for a sister, and uh, that just about every day she's wanting to talk about the book. That's kind of cool. That's what we wanted it for, right? So uh, praise the Lord for that, and uh, hopefully uh, you're keeping up with it, and uh, it's been a blessing. Also want to mention, uh, you may have seen online um, Brother Ralph's post. He says, I'm getting the truck and trailer on the 29th. So that'll not be this week, it'll be next week. And we'll be loading hopefully any time after noon until done. If anyone can help, it would be greatly appreciated. And then some cleanup. And so um, Ralph and Mary are moving. Uh, it's official. They've got them a nice house uh, out there in Carolina. And so we need to help them load, right? So it would be a good time to get together and break their stuff and put it, I mean, load their stuff into the truck and uh, all that good stuff. So, guys, if you can really uh, help us there, the 29th. I know you'll probably be working, I think it's Thursday, uh, but when you get off work, if you can show up at their house, uh, many hands make light work, and uh, so it'd be a real blessing, and uh, they've been a blessing to us all these years. We sure want to be a blessing back to them, all right? And so that would make this coming Sunday their last Sunday with us, so just FYI, you can put that together. And then, if you would be praying for uh, the men's recharge, excited about that. Uh, actually, our brother Chuck and myself are going to leave tomorrow and uh, go to Andover, and we'll begin the setup. And then, uh, so far, we have about 520 guys signed up uh, from Colorado and Texas and Arkansas and Kansas, Missouri, Iowa. Um, and so it's going to be a good turnout. It's going to be uh, good food always, and uh, we're looking forward to good preaching. Then Sunday we'll have Brother uh, John Roy here preaching for us on Sunday. Uh, guys, go ahead and plan. Uh, we'll have as many as we can. If you want to give a testimony Sunday morning, you can do that in Sunday school time. The Sunday school teachers, you don't have to worry about preparing for that. You can be Ready and then uh, the next Wednesday night we'll catch up with whoever might be left over that wanted to give a testimony that couldn't because of time on Sunday. All right, all right, Jeremiah chapter thirty-seven, and uh, this is entitled Jeremiah uh, falsely accused. And so, uh, in this portion of scripture, we're going to find that Jeremiah is falsely accused of desertion and dissension. And so, uh, you know, when you are serving the Lord, a lot of times uh, people don't like that. And so uh, they want to try to bring you down, pull you down. That's kind of what's going to happen here uh, in Jeremiah's life. So Jeremiah chapter 37, I'll begin reading verse number one. You can follow along. And King Zedekiah, the son of Joash, reigned instead of Kona, the son of Jehoiakim, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made king in the land of Judah. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land did hearken unto the words of the Lord, which he spake by the prophet Jeremiah. And Zedekiah the king sent um, Jehekel and the son of Shemel and Zephaniah the son of Massi the prophet or the priest to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Pray now unto the Lord our God for us, 
Now Jeremiah came in and went out among the people, for they had not put him into prison. Then Pharaoh's army was come forth out of Egypt, and when the Chaldeans that besieged Jerusalem heard tidings of them, they departed from Jerusalem. Then came the word of the Lord unto the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Thus shall ye say to the king of Judah, that sent you unto me to inquire of me, Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come forth to help you, shall return to Egypt into their own land. And Chaldeans shall come again and fight against the city and take it and burn it with fire. Thus saith the Lord, Deceive not yourselves, for the Chaldeans uh, shall surely depart from us, for they shall not, uh, for they shall not depart. For though ye have smitten the whole army of Chaldeans that fight against you, and there remain but wounded men among them, yet should they rise up every man in his tent and burn this city with fire. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your many blessings to us. We thank you for the opportunity tonight to be gathered together here in the middle of a busy week and to stop and just acknowledge you, acknowledge your importance in our lives and in our hearts. And Lord, we pray tonight that you might speak to us through your word, that you might challenge us in a closer walk with you and greater service for you. We have a lot going on, Lord, and we pray that you would give us uh, peace and wisdom. Uh, and through the next couple of weeks here, uh, be at the Morfords as they prepare to move. And Lord, I pray that we'd be a blessing to them. I pray to God that uh, services on Sunday would be pleasing unto you and that uh, the men that are going to recharge, Lord, that you would keep them safe as they travel. And Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit would just have power and freedom to move in our midst and work in our lives. And Lord, might uh, many families be saved as a result of the meeting this weekend. Might many men get their hearts uh, on fire for you and their desire for you. Might it burn afresh and anew in their hearts. We love you and we thank you for our time together. We ask these things in your wonderful and most precious name. And all the people said, Amen. So uh, the first thing we're going to see here, point number one, is the charge. Okay, and then a hyphen, desertion, desertion. Uh, and this is seen in chapter 37, 1 through 21. And so the first charge brought against Jeremiah is that of desertion, that he's going to leave them high and dry. Um, we see Zedekiah's request in the verses we just read, 37, 1 through 10. Uh, the king asked for uh, that Jeremiah asked God to save Jerusalem from the Babylonians. And that was in the first five verses. And uh, Jeremiah's twofold reply to the king, as the king asked Jeremiah to ask God to save Jerusalem from the Babylonians. Jeremiah's twofold reply found in verses 6 through 10. The first part of that in verses 6 and 7, the Pharaoh who came to help Zedekiah will return to Egypt. So that's the first reply that Jeremiah gives him. And then the second reply is found in verses 8 through 10, and that is that the Babylonians will then destroy Jerusalem. Remember, this goes back several chapters now. We're probably six chapters back where Jeremiah begins to tell uh, the nation of Jerusalem, look, Babylon's coming. You might as well just resign to it. You might as well surrender when they show up and you'll be moved out and taken care of. And then Jeremiah tells them the fact of a promise 
uh, from the Lord, that they'll be uh, put back into the land and they'll be blessed of God. And yet there's some that are going to stay and fight. And God said, don't do that. And yet they stayed in their fight and they're going to face the chastisement of God because they didn't obey the voice of God. And so uh, we see uh, the persecution found in verses 11 through 16. This is our our B point. It's uh, Irish's persecution. It says it came to pass that when the army of the Chaldeans was broken up from Jerusalem for fear of Pharaoh's army, then Jeremiah went forth out of Jerusalem to, uh, to go into the land of Benjamin to separate himself thence in the midst of the people. And when he was in the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the ward was there, whose name was Irjiah, the son of Shimeel, the son of Hananiah. And he took Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Thou fallest away to the Chaldeans. Then said Jeremiah, It is false. I fall not away to the Chaldeans, but he hearkened not unto him. And so took Jeremiah and brought him to the princes, whereof the princes were wroth with Jeremiah, and smote him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe, for they had made that the prison. And Jeremiah was entered into the dungeon and into the cabins, and Jeremiah had remained there many days. And so here's this false accusation. Uh, He's uh, wrongly imprisoned, and uh, he's going to receive this persecution, if you would, uh, he denies the charges, and yet he's still placed into uh, this, this uh, house, uh, these cabins, and this dungeon, and he remains there many days. So this Jewish captain of the guard falsely accuses Jeremiah of treason and then orders him arrested, beaten, and imprisoned. You know, no one has said that being a Christian is going to be easy. Okay? Now, it has been the last several years, okay? God's been talked about, and all the ball players, you know, there's God, and, you know, acknowledge Him, and all those kind of things. But, you know, I can see where America will end up at the point that we will be persecuted for our love for God. I I just think it's, if we're not careful, that's going to be the natural outcome of all this mess that is before us. And so we need to be ready to say, you know what? I love God more than I love life itself. I love God more than my stuff. I love God more than anything else. I'm just going to live for him. I'm going to serve him. And just be ready to be falsely accused, misunderstood, falsely accused. Uh, And you may experience some of this even now on the job. Uh, I experienced it when I worked out in the uh, workplace uh, had false accusations raised against me several times. I've had, uh, I've had those type of things come uh, that someone would falsely accuse and make accusation. And uh, so it happened to Jeremiah. Uh, so you're in great company if that happens to you. Just stand for the truth. Stand in integrity and righteousness and holiness. And don't give in. And this, the third thing we see, letter C, is uh, Jeremiah's prophecy, verses 17 through 21. Then Zedekiah the king sent and took him out, and the king asked him secretly in his house and said, Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. For said he, Thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. 
Moreover, Jeremiah said unto King Zedekiah, What have I offended against thee, or against thy servants, or against this people, that ye have put me in prison? Where are now your prophets, which prophesied unto you, saying, The king of Babylon shall not come against you, nor against this land? Therefore, hear now, I pray thee, O my Lord, the king, let my supplication, I pray thee, be accepted before thee, that thou cause me not to return to the house of Jonathan the scribe, lest I die there. Then Zedekiah the king commanded that they should commit Jeremiah into the court of the prison, and that they should give him daily a piece of bread out of the Baker Street until all the bread in the city was spent. Thus Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. I find this awful interesting that Jeremiah is honest with the king. Okay, he's forthright with him. He tells him the truth. The king brings him secretly and says, hey, is there any word from God? I mean, it's evident that the king has recognized that God's hand is upon this man, Jeremiah, and he's wanting to know what's going on, what's happening here, what, what can I expect? And so Jeremiah then tells him, the king of Babylon, he's still coming. That, that Pharaoh and from Egypt and the Chaldeans, don't worry about them. The Babylonian king's still coming, and you're still going to answer for the judgment that God's going to bring upon you. And it's kind of amazing to me that, that Jeremiah then tells him, look, don't put me back in the house of Jonathan the scribe. And so the king, Zedekiah, says, okay, I'm going to commit you to the court of the prison. I'm not going to put you down uh, in the, the hard, horrible part. I'm going to put you here in the court. And I'm going to give the commandment that every day you be given a piece of bread out of the Baker Street until all the bread in the city is spent. That sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, he's been down in dungeon, cast away. No one recognized that he was down there and, and he spent several days down there. And now he is being honest with the king and you would think that the king would get mad. But if the king is beginning to recognize, hey, this is truly a prophet of God, and he tells me the truth. And so then he puts him into uh, the ward there, uh, the opening part of the court of the prison. And he says, I want this man to have a piece of bread every day until there's no more bread in the city. Now think about that just a minute. You get one piece of bread every day until it's gone. Us fat Americans, we wouldn't like that too much. You skinny Americans probably wouldn't like it much either. One piece of bread? Nothing said about getting butter or, you know, something to put on it. It's just a piece of bread every day. It's kind of amazing. I think Jeremiah was uh, very thankful for that. I would imagine that before he would eat his bread, he'd bow his head and he'd say, God, thank you for this piece of bread that you supplied for me. Because for the last several days, he hasn't had anything to eat. So here he is. He is down to one meal a day, a piece of bread. And I think if he was happy to have it, I think he was happy that the king would order it. And I, I think he was just pretty happy and, and content with what God was doing in his life. Would he like to T-bone steak? Probably yes, okay? But a piece of bread. The second thing we see, this again is entitled The Charge, and it's dissension. 
Okay, we had desertion, desertion, and now we have dissension in chapter 38, 1 through 28. And so the first thing we see, letter A, is Jeremiah's foes. Jeremiah's foes, verses 1 through 6. And as we would read through that, uh, we would find that there is judgment that comes from these foes. I'm just going to move over this lightly tonight. Uh, but uh, these foes that are there uh, against him, wanting to cast him into the dungeon and uh, that was in the court, and uh, they let Jeremiah, in verse uh, 6, and they let Jeremiah down with cords, and in the dungeon there was no water but mire, so Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now, so they demanded, these individuals demanded and received from the king Zedekiah permission to throw Jeremiah into the empty cistern, covered with a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and, you know, many believed that their plan was to leave him there to die. These individuals didn't like Jeremiah, they didn't like his prophecy, they're going to leave him there to die. But Jeremiah has a friend, that's uh, uh, point B here. Jeremiah's friend, verses 7 through 13. It's always good to have a friend. Amen? But a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Uh, in dealing in Christian education for years, I'd have parents come in, and we'd do the set down once a quarter, and we'd talk about how their kid's doing in school and all this kind of stuff. And, and a lot of times I would hear, but my child has no friends. And I would say, well, the scripture deals with that. And a lot of times kids that go out, they just want to be by themselves. And I said, they've got to show themselves friendly if they're going to have friends. If you want more friends in your life, it's going to hinge on you. There's a lot of friendly people in our church. And so to have more friends, you just have to put yourself out there. You know, it, it might be uncomfortable, it might be hard, and it might be difficult, but it's the scriptural way to have more friends. So we're going to see here that Jeremiah gets rescued from the cistern, and it's because he has the involvement of a friend. And so uh, uh, Ebed-Melech, uh, in verse 8, went forth to the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord the king... These men had done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is like to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from thence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasury and took thence old cast clouts and made rotten rags and old rotten rags and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him up out of the dungeon, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. And so they, they get him out of this horrible, mucky mess. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. It was an old cistern, uh, but if you know much about old ponds, 
a lot of times they don't dry quick. They look like they're dry on top, but they're not dry uh, underneath. And uh, this kind of situation that Jeremiah ended up in, they put him down in an old cistern. It's still mucky and muddy uh, and all the things that have settled down there. There was no place for him to rest. You know, he's down in this muck and this mire. And so uh, we see that uh, this uh, Ebed-Melech uh, convinces Zedekiah to remove Jeremiah from his death pit and Zedekiah does and and Jeremiah is released from that cistern brings us to letter C Jeremiah's final meeting with Zedekiah and that's verses 14 through 28 the prophet once again summarizes God's message in these verses and he talks about surrender to the Babylonians and Jerusalem will be spared. Verse, chapter 38, verses 14 through 17 and verse 20. The city will not be burned, but fight against the Babylonians, and Jerusalem will be destroyed. Chapter 38, 18 and 19, and verses 21 through 28. The city will be burned to the ground. So again, we've been covering this for several weeks, several chapters and the, it's not changing, it's still the same thing. Zedekiah is hearing the truth, he's not really liking it. Uh, those in charge and leadership, they're not liking it. But God's not backing down. God says, this is the plan. Jeremiah, he repeats that plan to them, saying, you need to surrender to the Babylonians. Jerusalem be spared. But if you refuse to, it's going to be burned. Anybody read ahead, you know the answer? Maybe we'll find out next week if you don't know, okay? But uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of food for thought. A lot of food for thought. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this time together this evening, for the truth of your word. Uh, thank you for the lesson uh, where Jeremiah, the prophet, you used him for your glory, and he didn't back down. He shared the truth. And God, I I know you honor that, and I just thank you for his faithfulness. I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in these days in which we live uh, with all the uncertainty going on around us. God, help us just remain faithful to you, to live for you and to serve you in the midst of this troublesome world in which we live. We love you, and we ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. If you would stand with me for a moment. We're just going to have a moment of invitation. If God's spoken to your heart, uh, we'd like to give you an opportunity to come to the altar. And uh, so we'll just have a moment of silence. God's dealing with your heart. We'd encourage you to come. All right, let's uh, go ahead and be seated. We're in a new prayer um, 